about three things, we were absolutely positive. First, this was a podcast about young adult fiction. Second, a part of us, and we didn't know how dominant that part was, loved these books. And third, we unconditionally and irrevocably hated them. Hello everyone, I'm Chloe. And I'm Fran. And this is Breaking Down the YA Saga, a podcast where two grown-ass women revisit their favourite young adult books with new opinions and honoured sarcasm. In this episode, we'll be revisiting Twilight Chapter 6. Obvious spoiler warning, if you haven't read the series, then why are you here? And we'd like to say a huge thank you to Fop Doodles for our amazing artwork. Hello, Fran. Hello, Chloe. What an exciting episode! I know, we have a very special Yeah! Hello, hello Emily. Hello, hello. I'm very excited. Thank you so much for letting me join in. Um, I've had a really lovely time reading and analysing everything, and I'm I'm very excited. We're really excited. Use the hate word you. lovely. <laughs> yeah. It's it's been a long time since I've like had to use my brain to think about like deeper contexts of stories and and the wider the context of like the author and that sort of thing it's been a long time since school where it was forced whereas this was for fun and I very much enjoyed it so thank you using my brain I'm just really happy that I have both my uh, maid of honours on a podcast with me <laughs> so Emily uh, what is your history with Twilight how did you get into it what are your opinions um, I think a little bit like yourself um i studied reading at school avid reader loved the harry potter franchise um and twilight was kind of the next big thing from a book point of view and me and one of my friends started reading them and were just obsessed um and this is back before the internet was quite as accessible at least to, to me in my house um and it's about the time i started reading a lot of fan fiction as well um, and <laughs> and I started um, reading a lot of Twilight fan fiction because I was just completely obsessed with the books and um, used to print the fan fictions off at school to take home and read because we didn't have we only had dial up at home so yeah um, and then the films came out and I really, really fucking hated them and they kind of ruined <laughs> the books for me. I know I to the point where I'm going to admit this now, I have not actually seen the last films because I just couldn't do it because it just ruined the mental image I'd built up so much. It's not, it's not worth it. It's Is it not? It. No. <laughs> it makes me feel better. Um, and then when the last book came out and that ending and I, you know, I was just, it just, it kind of killed it for me. Um, which is something I, you know, at the time it actually really, really affected me. And I don't know if it did you guys as well, but when you put so much time and energy and emotional connection with certain characters, like I very much saw myself as an angsty teenage person, you know, a bit of Bella. I think um, in your intro, you sort of talked Chloe around you finding your inner Alice. Yes. Yeah. Um, whereas I definitely was a snobby, uptight, 17 year old Bella like that's me <laughs> um, 
Um, and so reading that back as an adult now, it's like, oh, fucking hell. No, we had a discussion about that, like, come on, quite a few times, or like, because we didn't see the characters as annoying, like we see them now. So I literally, I was like, well, we were all just really annoying teenagers. <laughs> no, we were, we were great. We were great. We were three-dimensional people, but on, on the page, you know, when you're reading it, going through similar experiences, like, you know, your first heartbreaks, um, it's, you can connect with that and you pull that into yourself. Whereas now reading a teenage girl, it's like, this is a very two-dimensional character, actually, because um, you're not pouring yourself into it to the same extent. We were definitely not that annoying. I hope <laughs> to God. I hope. <laughs> I really hope. Um, yeah, so that's, that, that was me. Um, and also, um, going back to the fan fiction point, I have read thousands of hours and thousands of stories on, you know, on fan fiction, on... Um, the only one I've ever written is a Twilight fanfiction. I find that really interesting because I've read a lot of fanfictions about various different books, but never, never Twilight apart from Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> There's a million. There is a million fanfics. Fan They're all really there. weird. They're quite... I feel like Twilight has some very bizarre ones. Twilight has quite a mixed bag of fans, I think, is what that stems from. Look at us lot, we're fans. We're a bit <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> I'll see if I can find it, but I, I wasn't able to. I did look because I thought it would be so cringy to read back through and send you both, but I, I can't find it. That would be amazing. If you ever find them, please let us know. Again, going back to my limited internet and computer, I hand wrote it and then typed it up. That's dedication. Uh, yeah, I remember writing it at the back of a chemistry lesson. <laughs> so my fanfics always somehow involved the Doctor. So like, you would have like, say it's a Harry Potter one, Hermione would be in the library and she'd see a Baloo police box. And then it would just continue, like he was just like an appearance sometimes. It's like mm. a, what are they called? Um, cameo. Cameo, yeah. So you just keep having Doctor Who cameos in your yeah. <laughs> Um, I was obsessed, so he just appeared everywhere. Obviously, obviously, Tennant. Yeah. Because yeah. he needs any other doctor. Apart from Jodie, um, she's fine, she can stay. She's fine. Yeah, I quite like Eccleston, to be fair. I quite liked his energy. He was great. But I wasn't in love with him. I just <laughs> fair enough. He was great. So, <laughs> now we've done our little random... <laughs> offshoot of not talking about Twilight. Fran, did you want to talk about uh, what happens in chapter six to get the ball rolling? Yes. So chapter six, I felt was quite short. Um, Bella's going on the beach trip with her friends and we meet Jacob for the first time. Um, and he tells her the story of the cold ones. So we get kind of like a hint about the whole werewolf vampire situation. And this is also one of the reasons why I brought Emily on because she was a uh, Jacob fan. Which I cannot relate to. <laughs> so I'm very excited to hear some opinions. <laughs> Excellent. We'll, we'll have to get into that. Um, yeah, it's not just because he's really cute. You know, obviously played by Taylor Lautner. Fucking wow. Um, I do agree with that. Like, my, for, for me, was always about the characters, never about the actors like Taylor Lautner. I might even, I mean, I don't know. I do very fancy Robert Pattinson, or I used to. I still kind of do, but like, you know. <laughs> okay, but Boo Boo Stewart. Yeah, but Jackson Rathbone. <laughs> exactly. 
Team Jasper. <laughs> and Team Boo Boo Stewart. I don't, I don't Seth's great, but Boo Boo. <laughs> and Team Carlisle, <laughs> which we switched to yes. now. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, as, as we are now maturing adults, you know, looking at the characters from the adult point of view, I completely agree that uh, lusting over Jacob is a bit creepy. Which is kind of what Bella does in this chapter. She like uses oh, yes. that teenage lust intentionally, which I found quite cre- creepy reading back on actually. No, no, but I feel like Bella's a predator in this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is great foreshadowing for when Jacob becomes a creepy predator for Renesme. <laughs> like that's a whole other story. <laughs> We've got an interesting it different book. We we gotta do when we get to that book eventually, we've gotta do like a whole episode about this and you should come on again. Oh I'd love to, thank you. So. I mean you can also join before that obviously because we're not in ages, but yeah. you should come back for New Moon, definitely. Yeah, no, I did I did read that and think that's quite an interesting introduction to the character. Um and obviously I I don't know how widely known it is but kind of in my reading in preparation for this you know um stephanie mayer's initial introduction of jacob he was kind of supposed to be that vehicle for telling the story about the cold ones um rather than necessarily being a main character from the off um so i don't know how much foreshadowing creepiness you know curving was there in the writing or um if that was just a wonderful coincidence Love that. So now we've got a gay watch and creepy watch. Gay watch and creepy creepy watch is just the whole book. (laughs) (laughs) All of it. I think I don't know if I remember that correctly, but I think Stephanie Mayer didn't even plan to make Jacob a main character in the books. Yeah, I think it was it was something around um, her and her editor loved him so much in Twilight that they then really pushed him as a character to make that love triangle so anyone got any plot points they want to start with mine's plot points are like from about near the end of the chapter so i do have a few like mixed ones um one plot point that i have and that i love is um that bella couldn't hear her truck being brought back so i'm wondering did alice just you know fly with that thing did you just carry it like she she must have not because even, you know, even if you're a skilled, quiet fire, you still can't drive that truck quietly. So did she just hold it and ran with it? Or like, what's up with that? I have a theory that Bella was so obsessed with thinking about Edward, like she was just in her head. And Alice just drove up and stood outside and was like, hey, Bella, hey, Bella, I have your truck. Yeah. And then Bella's just sitting in her room and like, oh, wow, Edward. It's like in. And then she just snaps out of her daydream and then she's like, oh, my car. It's like a new moon where she just sits there for like months. So it's it's kind of that. And Alice just gets annoyed with all of her. I like Uh, that theory. I I also very much enjoy that theory and now have a mental image of like Alice just carrying the car. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, one of them. Then, or I also have—I don't know if that's very much related, but not really. Like, what the fuck is Lauren's problem? I have this note. See, I have it. I think I had it under character development because we had a whole chapter of Lauren just existing, and then Lauren <laughs> suddenly had a problem with everyone, and she's like, "Oh, 
Bella. And I was like, has Lauren just been introduced so she can just sit and just say stuff about Bella behind her back? Yeah. <laughs> that's the only purpose. I was like, wait, this isn't teenage enough. We need one that hates her. Here's <laughs> Lauren, everyone. <laughs> it provides that nice counter to Bella's, Bella being different you know, she's so different to other girls because other girls are all just high school girls and she's so special and different. I think you're absolutely right. She was placed in there just to be a teenage bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she just has a problem with everyone and everything. <laughs> Honestly, though, I, I also have a note to say about the fact they descended from wolves because, yeah, whether Jacob is supposed to continue being here or not, it's just, like, there for later on, like, oh wolves eh <laughs> also my other plot point i mean we're gonna get into that anyways that jacob first of all has two sisters which i just completely forgot about because they didn't appear in the film um and that jacob is 15 or like he just turned 15 i also didn't remember how young he was mm. which just for me makes the whole bella jacob thing even weirder because i feel like just turning 15 and 17 in teenage years is quite a big age gap. Not so much, yeah. you know, when you're in your 20s or your 30s or whatever, but as teenagers, that's huge. Yes, I agree that that the way that it was written as well with Bella intentionally using that was uncomfortable to read because oh, yeah. I appreciate that, you know, sometimes certain people might kind of flirt to get what they want but it's never that internal monologue of intentionally doing it to be manipulative that's not something that endeared me to Bella as a character and as the main character who at some point teenage me identified with I'm just like oh yeah <laughs> no, I don't I don't think I've ever identified with that bit so I'm hoping I skimmed over that and just was obsessed with the story rather than the the detail of that Sorry. age gap because it it's so you were never gap. preying on um, children two years no. younger than you? No, no, I went to an all-girls school as well, so there weren't there weren't that many um, sexy wolf boys to... No child bride for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a... I understand that reference. <laughs> Love and that. I understand that one. Another <laughs> <laughs> um, plot point... I have is um Bella being told the story of the cold ones and she's like huh cold ones what Carlisle was there the first time what no but she doesn't even say what no she's just like oh Carlisle was there the first time okay and you'd be like um that's weird because that means he's like a very old man and he doesn't look like one she's just like oh hmm interesting <laughs> come on Bella <laughs> use your brain for five seconds She's so obsessed with Edward. She just doesn't... That's all she's focused on. She's like, Carlisle. Eh. Edward? Was he there? <laughs> Maybe if he said Edward was there, she would actually ask some questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Emily, do you have any plot no notes that you want to bring up? It's yeah, fine if you I don't. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I suppose it, it's kind of the fact that Jacob is there as a plot device. His introduction is to tell the story of the cold ones. Um, and that then really sets off that um, vampire versus werewolf, you know, 
you know what the book's about when you're reading it it's it's not that much of a mystery really it's not like a oh my god they're vampires moment because by the time you were reading it you knew it was a vampire romance novel really um the other thing i quite liked it was just um a little bit at the the start where she's like reading Macbeth or reading about Act Three in Macbeth or trying to read about Act Three in Macbeth. So that was quite a nice little bit, um, just because. And this is me going back onto, you know, things that I wouldn't be normally thinking about or talking about. Um, but going back to A level English and and you know having studied a bit of Shakespeare, um, just with with that being the bit where the the witches prophecies are starting to come true um so that kind of foreshadowing that link with the stories i thought that was quite nice like oh there's a little story in here that's being told by jacob um and i know again um coming from the author point of view she she's very well educated she you know she says that shakespeare influenced a lot of her work so i think that was an intentional choice um to put Macbeth Act 3 there at the start of that chapter. I do think that a lot of books that she mentions in Twilight, really, if you know, read that, read it now, that you're like, oh, this kind of like links all together. Also like a Bella's obsession with Wuthering Heights as well. Yeah. Um, so it's it's looking back as an adult, rereading those and seeing those connections, I'm quite enjoying. Um, you know, at, at the time, it's like, oh, you're reading it as a teenager, you miss a lot of that. Whereas going into the detail and thinking, actually, she is putting a lot of foreshadowing into it. And these books aren't as shallow as I remember thinking they were. Um, because I think you said you guys had a bit of a conversation in maybe episode one or two about how, um, you know, there was this whole stigma attached to enjoying these books. So they became a bit like, oh, they're, they're really badly written. They're not actually. They're, they're pretty, pretty detailed. And there's a lot of thought that's gone into the writing. Um, so I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, so that's, it's it's not so much of a plot point, but obviously Macbeth being a great tragedy, you know, this story is not necessarily going to be the most cheerful one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I quite I quite like all the little bits of foreshadowing she puts in into, as you say, a small chapter. So moving on from our plot points, obviously I'd already said my my character development of uh, Lauren has a character now. It's just that she's nasty. Um, I also have the fact that every chapter Bella seems to fall more and more. And I'm getting really bored of it because it's kind of like, okay, yeah, sure. I get at the start, it's like, oh, I'm a bit clumsy. I know it's to make her very different to the vampires. But Jesus Christ, is this girl fall down? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's, it's incredibly annoying. And her newfound uh, flirting. I kind of wish I was there to see it. Like, I want to see what her face is doing. Yeah. Because she also about the fact she's like, oh, I don't know if I look as good as Edward. And like, is she just being incredibly, incredibly weird, like flirting? Is it she's, or is she doing like really well? And also I wish it was a bit more awkward. If she's so awkward, why was she not just randomly like, ah, I was just trying to talk. That's what real flirting is like. You know, real awkward flirting is genuinely just <laughs> the worst. But so you've got to remember that Jacob is a newly 15 year old boy and therefore everything any sort of form of attention from someone he deems as an attractive girl will just be whew, he's like you know that person has boobs done mm -hmm. but honestly Bella should have been way more awkward than she was about it I'm really disappointed in it but I also I wish I could see that face when she was like I look at him through like my eyelashes like Edward does so I look like Edward like no <laughs> I just wish it was just her like <laughs> <laughs> no 
uncomfortable to read though like I mean Chloe knows I felt really like sick to my stomach like in, in general yesterday like I had a really upset stomach <laughs> and when I read it I generally was like oh. <laughs> and also I just love how Bella is you know on a trip with friends right now with loads of friends and she just keeps thinking about Edward <laughs> as always all the time it's just it's you yeah. know those like diagrams of where they are like brain you know social life and remembering <laughs> stuff how's it's just Edward <laughs> Yeah, he's mentioned seven times in that chapter and he isn't in the chapter. It's just... That's all I have for character development. Yeah, anyone else has any others. Mine's mostly just Bella being a predator <laughs> towards Jacob. It's like her biggest character development in this chapter. Yeah, I've just written weird dynamic of Bella using sexuality to flirt and lead on Jacob intentionally do teens do that with such forethought and manipulation like i don't ever remember being a teenager intentionally thinking i'm gonna flirt with this person to get exactly what i want i remember being like oh god how do i talk to people like yeah i know that really i just used to be like this person is hot okay i'm gonna talk to them now <laughs> do i <laughs> be like okay do I am I saying something funny you know or even if it's just a friend then you don't you're not trying to manipulate friends so it, it's weird dynamic like what is he to her at this point um and with regards to character development it's his starting point you know he has a lot of development over the next few books um and at the moment he's just a young cheerful optimistic oh there's this cool bit of family history that he wants to tell and that that changes drastically over the next few books as he goes through puberty. <gasps> puberty. Is that everyone's character development? Because I'm really excited to get onto my relationship points. Yes, that's fine. Continue with uh, relationship. Fabulous. Um, this relationship point that I have, first of all, falls into my gay watch category, and I'm very excited about it. <laughs> I love how even Charlie is not there. He's still, his love for Carlisle is so clear. <laughs> I love it so much. I'm just like... Yeah, some people on the reservation won't go to the hospital since Carlisle worked there. Charlie's mad about it. I'm like, of course he is. He's in love with the dude. <laughs> He's obviously coming about that. I also love at the start of the chapter, and this is me just being ridiculous and just trying to force gay on Charlie now, but when he talks about there's too many bears. <laughs> I don't get it. I know. Um, oh dear. <laughs> Um, did you say you don't get it? I don't get it, no. <laughs> um, uh, in gay terms, bears are like the big guys, like with beards. Oh. Ah. Nothing to do with that in this chapter, but it just <laughs> made me laugh now that I've said Charlie's gay and he's like, ah, oh, too many bears. <laughs> yeah, they, they might outcompete him. He's, he's definitely a bit gruff, isn't he? himself i'm just interested to see what happens with the rest of the times that carlisle is mentioned in a bad way around charlie because he's really on that oh yeah every time i hope we'll have him be on that <laughs> i hope we'll have a chapter where they meet and like interact with each other soon and, and my other relationship point was again talking about is, is back to bella and jacob and if she hadn't started this whole interaction with flirting she maybe she just tried to be friends with him and was like oh so like what's this cool story that they're talking about and just try and approach it as a friend 
how differently their relationship would have gone on from that point it would have been like oh she's in love with edward and he's a really good friend and it wouldn't have formed that triangle potentially that happened i think this was yeah the moment that changed their whole i mean i didn't like meeting him really for the first time properly because well we'll get into that in a minute because they should have known each other before now <laughs> yeah but, that, um, that's the whole thing but it's their first like interaction as like old, like older te- like teenagers like they're a bit older kind of sort of know themselves a little bit better and now she's just like oh I'm gonna start this whole thing by flirting I feel like that's one of the things with Bella though I think apart from Edward with everyone else she's friends with or she talks to she like wants something from them mm, more yeah. or less if you read into it like Mike carries the books and it's protective and what a good friend what a good friend he's like a golden retriever <laughs> Eric plays chess. <laughs> and he and he's spotty. As the same as when she actually starts talking to Jessica in the first like chapter. She's like, oh, oh no, second chapter, and she's just like, Oh, hi Jessica, who are those people over there? And like pretending that she's interested in Jessica for like five seconds to get more information on the Collins. Yeah. She is. She just she uses people for information and other things, like whatever she wants to gain out of stuff. It's never a genuine friendship. And that's all of my relationship stuff. Does anyone have any relationship stuff? I've just got written Jacob manipulation, Mike and friends. Like, as you say, they're kind of background characters for the vehicle of this chapter, which is Bella gets the information. Um, Side note, something when I was looking at things I found really interesting that I hadn't remembered or didn't know um, is that when Jacob does get fully grown, he's supposed to be six foot seven. Six foot seven. Fucking hell. That's really tall, like, yeah. Yeah. That's so enormous. <laughs> also, doesn't he? Because he also kind of like, <laughs> not freezes in age, but like, I think, don't they like age slower as soon as they yeah. transform? So, and he transforms as like when he's 16, isn't it? I think so, right? I think. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think a new moon because he's like 16 or something. So he's like, as a 16 year old, it's just six foot seven. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like the author kind of is putting in her because you've got vampires who are ageless and beautiful, and then you've got the the werewolves who then phase and remain that age and uh, you know beautiful and hot, and they're complete opposites, but they're both super attractive uh, because that's the most important thing is eternal youth and hotness. Yes, it is because all the other characters uh, are ugly and disgusting. Yeah, and not worth anyone's time. Mm. Um, but yeah just that there's a lot of manipulation that Bella does with all of her relationships like the fact she's not going to tell her dad where she's going like on the Friday with uh, with you know her plan is to lie about where she's going like why that's stupid you barely know this person and also I would think that Charlie would support it because Bella would be (laughs) like nice to the Collins and be like happy to be around there but he's like yeah <laughs> tell Carlisle I said hi <laughs> maybe I could drive with Carlisle because <laughs> <laughs> yes, Carlisle if you would like to come <laughs> chaperones and then they can exactly yeah, yeah they just... <laughs> <laughs> I just did this <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, there doesn't seem to be a real reason for Bella not to tell Charlie, really. Also, just from a normal teenager point of view, it's dumb because Seattle, you know, a big city, and you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I, I tell my parents. Yeah. Especially, it's not if like be, especially if I would be out with a boy that I barely know. Yeah. And it's not like she's got a bad relationship with her dad, like that she needs to hide these things from him. She's not trying to hide dangerous, but she's going out with a friend. Sorry, I just imagine like um, Charlie as like those um, supportive parents, you know, like because like I said, I think, you know, if, if Bella would have told him, then he would have been like fine with it. And I mean, obviously later he has a bit of like issues with it, but that's just because Bella's being dumb. Um, and, and she's lied to him about so much by that point. Exactly. But I, I just had this image of her, you know, the mum from Mean Girls is like, do you need anything? Condoms? Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of Amy Poehler. <laughs> exactly. So moving on, I think, Fran, this week you found a plot hole, I which did. I didn't pick up whilst I was reading it. Until did you not? It. I just didn't. I was so busy um, focusing on how creepy she was being. I missed, I missed that. So if you want to go for that. I was so excited. I got so excited that we found a first plot hole last time or like two episodes ago. And now we've got another one. So um, in the films, as we probably remember a bit more, Bella and Jacob have met as children. Um, in the books, Bella and Jacob have not met. Like this is the first time that they're meeting. Um, and Jacob says, oh, you know, he's got two older sisters that Bella knew and they've been on fishing trips before. Uh, and then Bella's at kind of like a thing of, you know, she, they, they ended the fishing trips when she was 11, um, because she just didn't want to go anymore. But then when Bella was 11, Jacob was eight. So why, or like, yeah, eight, seven, I don't know. So why did they know me? It's not like, you know, they stopped hanging out with the blacks and then Jacob was born because then he would be way younger. So like, I don't get that. Yeah, going on a fishing trip, it's not something you would exclude like a an eight-year-old boy from particularly. I'd imagine like that's something that, you know, male bonding, I'd imagine that's something you'd be more intentionally trying to drag your, your male children along to, where, whereas the twin girls may have been less keen. And obviously Bella had very traumatic fishing experiences. For no reason. So, <laughs> um, so fair enough, you know, she stopped going at 11. But by that point, as you say, there's no reason why Jacob wouldn't have gone too. By that yeah, point, also, by that I don't point. think they're just going to like meet up and go to the fishing trip. Like I also imagine, you know, the um, swans visiting the blacks at their house or maybe vice versa. So. I don't know why Jacob was not there. Maybe I don't know. I don't know if Billy has. Does he have a wife? Did she die? I don't know. I forgot. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think she died. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't get that. Like this just doesn't work out. Was Jacob just? I don't know. <laughs> maybe he had maybe. like anger issues as a child, and they're like, we have to keep him away from everybody else. <laughs> have him locked in a room all the time. <laughs> A plus parenting. I think it actually probably comes down to the fact of, you know, when everyone thinks that only boys can be friends with boys and girls can be friends with girls. So Mm -hmm. he's not been written in as being there because Bella wouldn't be friends with boys, which is absolutely ridiculous. But I just don't understand because even if they would just go to the blacks quickly and then go fishing, like she would have, I I don't believe. (laughs) 
that she wouldn't have seen him at least once. Yeah. Yeah, to me it doesn't make any sense why they've not met before. Maybe they did meet, but... And it was too traumatic, so she didn't remember (laughs) (laughs) it. That's why she stopped going fishing. She's blocked it out of her mind. I've got it. I know what happened. I know. Okay. So they went fishing, all of them. Jacob was there. It's the first fish he's caught. He gets the little fish hitting stick, smashes the fish on the head. Fish explodes. Bella's like, oh my God, this is horrible. And she blocks the entire thing from her memory. So she doesn't remember the fishing and she doesn't remember Jacob. (laughs) And the problem is... Why doesn't Jacob remember? Because he also said, oh, you're like, we don't know each other. Like, you know, my dad and my sisters, but we don't know each other. Maybe it was more of a, oh, you're my older sister's friends. I'm going to go play with my chew toy. But like he said, they never met though. (laughs) Maybe Bella looked really different when she was younger. Maybe she had like, she was blonde and tanned. And then as she got older, her blonde hair went darker. And she just got paler. And he was like, who's this girl? She just did. I recently watched the Strange, strange Affirmation video from Curtis Connor. <laughs> she just said, there was like, I have black hair. I have luscious brown hair. My brown hair is <laughs> I am pale now. <laughs> yeah, but it's still, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't work. Um, I demand answers, uh, Stephanie Mayer. It's an interesting choice, as you say, because multiple people would have had to have read through this before she published it. So why no one said, oh, didn't they just know each other as kids? And it could just have been a case of, oh, I think we must have met when we were little. You know, a a throwaway comment like that, but it's specifically been put in that they didn't meet. Yeah, exactly. Like, it would have made sense if, you know, because... My first thought was, okay, he's he's two years younger, so maybe they met each other, like, when, I don't know, they stopped going to f- their fishing trips when she was three, or, I don't know. But then, it was like, oh, we stopped fishing by the time I was 11. I'm like, huh? He's two, he's only two years younger than you. You would have met him. Mm. I don't know. I can, I can understand if, because I, I had this, when I went to my f- uh, first secondary school, that was a girl that was in my class, who looked a little bit familiar and it took us like a little while of talking then we suddenly realized we knew each other when we were kids but once like that had happened like the whole oh do you remember like we used to know each other then my brain was like oh yeah and everything just sort of like came back so I can understand if for a minute she was like "Mm, I don't know and then he was like oh they were both a bit like oh I don't really know and then they started talking and then remembered that they used to even if it was like something small because yeah I remember that girl and I was like oh yeah that's so weird no, I oh, thought wow. that that would happen because it says, oh, that Jacob looked a bit like interested and intrigued. I was like, oh, so maybe he remembers that, I don't know, they used to play together when they were five or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, weird. I don't understand. <laughs> maybe, maybe he does remember, but Bella is so self-absorbed that she just completely blanked him out because he wasn't Edward and she hadn't met Edward yet. So her mind was just empty until then. Maybe that that would I think that's the most plausible explanation. <laughs> also, maybe whilst they were sitting around the fire, Jacob was talking about like to everyone else about like how he knew Bella growing up and they used to go fishing and was telling all these stories and she was just sitting there thinking about Edward and then she like snapped back into the conversation again and missed all I can believe that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my plot hole. <laughs> 
that I found. Well, that's growing the entire series. <laughs> well, if anyone has any ideas to that, uh, I'd be happy to hear them because, yeah, this is. Yeah. Email us your theories. <laughs> uh, moving on from that, uh, I have my first uh, criticism of many because I think what I wrote about this was criticisms, to be honest. Is um, it the cars? Uh, I can start there and then go back to my other point <laughs> because I get what every single time she sees a car, she just knows the car. I'm really like, I'm so bored of it now, Bella. Do you know them or do you not know cars? Make up your mind. Or is she just one of those people that just wants to be like, oh, I know nothing about it, but then knows everything. And everyone's like, wow, you know so much for someone who doesn't know. You're amazing. I love um, that so much because now every, since we discussed that, every chapter that I read, I'm just like, oh, there we go again. <sighs> I understand it as a choice of not having to write too much information to describe a car. Yeah, but then just make her no cars. <laughs> just don't mention it at the beginning. Just be like, oh, I'm not. Instead of being like, I don't know cars, just just don't put that in the beginning, and then it wouldn't matter every time she said what car it was. Now we will call out on it every time. <laughs> yep. This is going to be joyful. How many cars are in this series? I don't know. Probably too many for me to keep bringing this up, but get used to it. Um, but my yeah, my main my main point that's that's just like a side note criticism because that keeps happening is that uh, why um why is Edward her entire life? <laughs> He's <laughs> Like she, the the beginning of the chapter is her just sitting wondering when Edward is going to be. She just is like, I wonder how long Edward's going to be camping for. When is Edward back? What is Edward doing right now? What is Edward thinking? Just why has she not got any hobbies? <laughs> it really would help, or at least just focus on what she's going to be doing with her friends today. It's not raining. Weather's kind of nice. You'd think she'd have a focus. No, it's still Edward. <sighs> Maybe that's why she trips and falls so much now. <laughs> <laughs> I get having a crush. I've had many a crush in my life. And even my teenage crushes, I didn't spend my entire time wondering what that person was doing. Like, yeah, you think about them like a lot, but I still did other things. I could still go and do stuff with my friends. I don't get it. I think it comes it back a bit to her being a two-dimensional character in some ways. Yeah. And as well with the type of love that is throughout the books the relationships between the different characters um and bella's kind of experiences of love like she, you know she she kind of is quite manipulative we've seen she's flirting with jacob in this chapter to get what she wants um you know her friends are there as people to give her information or carry her books or you know give her lifts places you know it mm. seems to kind of be very quite one way so how love and relationships are portrayed in this book and highlighted in this chapter is romantic love it's it's a fantasy it's not something that really exists in our real world it's something that in this universe um or our idea of romantic love isn't actually healthy yeah like it's, exactly. it's, it's not a healthy portrayal of a healthy relationship or a healthy mindset yes as you said chloe very obsessive you know she can't stop thinking about him you get like that when you're having, having a crush on someone but if it takes over your life then that's not that's not a healthy relationship dynamic yeah and it it sets the tone for that a bit yeah i just i have a note about the fishing (laughs) it's in my critiques i didn't even notice um so yeah so she doesn't remember like her the sisters being there either like it has to be like 
she has to be reminded of it quite well jacob says it it's not like she's like oh yeah and has like a anything to say about it too much apart from oh like they were there so my question is what happened with them like why didn't they have a friendship was it she says oh we're a bit shy but everything's been blocked again so is it again they were just really awful to her did something happen because she keeps blocking these traumatic memories and i can't see what's that traumatic about hanging out with a couple of girls about your age when you're young and there's something happened like did, did they find a dead body maybe suddenly turn into a stephen king novel <laughs> yeah possibly yeah it's it got yeah it ties back in with your plot hole of there's just some things almost like it's just glossed over very quickly because it's not i guess as teenagers reading it you don't really care you're like where's the romance where's the romance i want the romance bit so i think it's coming back as an adult reading it you're like "Mm, that kind of needed a bit more information than that yeah i have two points that aren't that aren't like can connected to anything yeah um so when uh jacob's talking to her about looking out for car parts and she was like oh, as if i'd know like <laughs> we all know you know bella <laughs> and uh the other point is um vampires and werewolves how is it always why are they the natural enemy because she says oh like he's talking about how they're natural enemies obviously to werewolves well he's saying werewolves and we know later on they're not werewolves they're shapeshifters hmm. but um there is always a rivalry between vampires and werewolves. Why? Is it because one, like, is it because they're both like a nighttime thing? Being? A nighttime being? Because obviously werewolves like normally shift under, under the moon and vampires can't come out in the day. I want to know where this rivalry started. That's a good question because it's it's in loads of books. Like it's not just Twilight. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose, as you say, they're both not so much in this particular fantasy version of sparkly vampires and shapeshifting werewolves with imprinting abilities and um, babies and babies. <laughs> um, it's it's because they occupy that same ecological niche. They're both nighttime predators, maybe. Um, you know, I guess, I don't know. Because, yeah, it's nothing to do with it. it is, it's not like, I'm not criticising it in this book because it's just following the same vampire werewolf tropes. Yeah. Where, where did it start? I want to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have to sit and have a research about where this all began and where the first book that contains that happened. Are you... Are you going to use Bing as your research engine? <laughs> research engine. Are you going to Bing? Why did Bella use Bing? <laughs> Honestly. Because she's just not like other girls. I didn't I even know that Bing existed before that film. Probably Google was too expensive to use as a, I don't know, I'd imagine they'd have to pay for it. Maybe. They could just do what other films do and have like a fake search engine. <laughs> Anyway, um, no, it's a good point though. It would be interesting. I also need to have a look. I'm also bored of this Bella's not like other girls thing. I hate when people say that. I used to say it when I was younger and I realized how stupid it is. Mm. It's just toxic. I'm not like other girls. I enjoy food and being in my (laughs) pyjamas. 
Yeah, like oh, so unique. Oh my like, goodness. Um, but it goes it goes back to what we're taught to believe about women. We're taught that other girls or, or growing up there, their competition, they aren't t- a three dimensional beings with their own very complex inner thoughts. You know, it's you know we've got to be different to stand out, and I think that's very much Bella's entire character. Um, yeah. and I, you know, she's obviously written in that way, but I do wonder if she's written as a as a reflection of the author, maybe her own experiences, because you know very uh she's a member of the latter-day saints isn't she so it's a very strict regular oh, set wow. of rules um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god could you imagine a book of mormon twilight cross mormon hell dreams twilight <laughs> <laughs> it really is the twilight saga Looking moment, how dream. Um, I can't remember what I was saying. It's gone. Something about Some oh, that was experiences. It. Yeah, kind of bringing that in. You know, if she, you know, she's obviously she went to um, um Mormon University, ah, oh, Brigham Young University. So you know, she's kind of had that influence on her life growing up. She married quite young. So if she's bringing those elements of herself into that character, it's it's potentially formed on a I don't want to say like an immature perspective but you know if you've got a certain set of life experiences you can only bring that to your writing really and yeah. it's kind of feels that that's what she's done like you know not that she's stunted as a person at all but just that her experiences are limited to her circle of waiting till marriage and not drinking coffee and you know things that a lot of other teenage girls go through and experience a lot of other exciting things like getting absolutely shit-faced down the park with your friends like and then you learn from that and you grow as a person and if if the author hasn't had those growing experiences she can't write them into her books or into her characters so those characters come out as two-dimensional yeah like quite a lot. we've, all, we've sort of already like established that quite a lot of the author comes through um in the books, like a lot of traits that we've discussed before, where, where it's like, this is definitely not like a teenager thing. This is more of an author thing that she just brings in. So it's a good point. I look forward to hearing that bit when it's um, released, because you've not released all of them yet, are you? Because this is now chapter six. So I'm Yeah, I'm currently editing four. Three just oh my- out today. Yeah. Getting, getting back onto to our point. Sorry. So we're not yes. talking about the uh, other episodes. Um, I also find that we're now six chapters in that it seems a lot of uh there's a lot of weight placed in the fact that bella has some worth because people find her attractive yeah because like everyone else is kind of like a, is a i know it's just because she is a main character but the way it's written is like jessica angela lauren all very much these push the side edward doesn't have any interest in them the guys spend more time talking to bella and interest in doing things with bella because they find bella attractive and the other girls are just no one cares they're just on the side they're there yeah and it's i know it is just because bella is supposed to be the main focus of the 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 story but it just comes across as she has worth and has value in society because of how people like people deem her attractive oh yeah 100 percent. like edward didn't have any time for anyone then suddenly he's like oh but this girl do you know what I'm sometimes wondering, or what, what I've wondered with the whole Edward Bella thing, 
if he would have been able to read her mind, would he still be as interested as he is in her now? He'd be and creeped out. If he... First of all, a hundred thinking about me. But I'm also, I'm wondering if, if, if she wouldn't smell as good as she does. And <laughs> just the worst thing to say. <laughs> she wouldn't smell as good as she does. And if he could read her mind, would he still be interested in her as a person? Because I don't think so. Right? So sometimes I'm wondering, do their love story just, did, did this just start because she smells good and he, she's interesting on some level to him because he can't read her mind? Because she's different to all the other girls. Oh, so different. Ah, oh, she's pale, which is a weird thing to be. Oh my God. Town with no sun. <sighs> yeah. Wow. It's very difficult reading it sometimes. Just it is coming as an as an adult who's had life experiences, and I kind of I look back on it and realise that my old self had some of those like same when she's like I'm not like other girls. She has that attitude quite a lot, and I used to have that. And yeah, okay, so I didn't get a lot uh, along with a lot of girls when I was younger. But just we had different interests. Like a lot of the girls growing up were really interested in like dating other boys and what the boys were doing and like checking out things like doing makeup and I just wanted to play football and like hang out with people and like listen to music so I was I was different to those girls but it didn't mean I wasn't like other girls and I'm sure if we had a chance to like talk we'd probably find common ground really easily because I've learned that as I've got older don't just be like oh I like this thing you like that thing we can't be friends we're not like other girls it's like talk you realize that actually it's mostly uh just what society has taught you so that you don't become friends with those people you instantly dismiss them and it's actually really horrible kind of it's a mean thing to do and i'm glad i don't do it anymore well yeah, i think maybe the, pro- the problem is that that bella just does not have any hobbies and the other people do <laughs> that is definitely a problem because she doesn't have a single one she has edward that's that's a hobby <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I still feel like everything keeps coming back around to the fact that Bella is that type of feminist that's not but not feminist that type of girl that says they're a feminist but definitely isn't yeah which is a bit like the author yes yeah oh yeah um, but yeah I'm just that's why I'm, I'm just really intrigued to see how the new Midnight Sun book is going to turn out because she also said in her in her um letter to the fans that she's a different person from who she was then and she matured mm. quite a lot so i'm really intrigued to see um how how that's going to come come across because you obviously still have to con- contain um the kind of it's a young point of views that you have in twilight and you can't just write it completely mature now mm. so yeah i'm really intrigued to see um how you know some of her views or if some of the view, or like if her views don't come out as strong across a strong in, in Midnight Sun. Yeah. I'd, I'd imagine as well with all the hundreds of thousands of probably millions of um, feedback and reviews and conversations that have now happened, she will have had access or responded and read through so much of that. Has that then, is that going to impact on her current writing? Um, it'd be nice to think it that it will. Yeah, I'm like, I can't wait to to read it and to see. I do quickly want to circle back to Jacob, though, <laughs> um, that's if that's cool. okay. Because I 
was an absolute diehard Edward fan um, when I read the books for the first time. Like, so much. There was nothing you could say to me to convince me otherwise. And I, I obviously, I read New Moon in German and I got so annoyed with the whole Jacob. I was like, oh, I just want that guy gone. Which also a lot of times is just... He was being a good friend. <laughs> I was like, no, where is Edward? I was, so, I, was, nice I, I was so desperate when I was a teenager. It's ridiculous, like when I think back to it. Because Twilight was also, were also the first books I read in English. And when I read yeah. New Moon, I skipped the whole Jacob thing because I was like, I can't do it again. <laughs> but you know what? Now, reading it now, mm. if you compare the introduction of what you know so far of Edward's character and Jacob's character. I still think every character in Twilight is horrible, but I prefer Jacob right now at this point <gasps> in time, which I found really interesting when I read it. I was like, oh my God, am I going to turn a team Jacob now? That's really interesting because rereading it, I'm thinking, oh, knowing where this story goes, I am not liking this kid. <laughs> and I'm yeah. thinking... I mean, I'm still not, you know not here for any of it <laughs> but <laughs> just at this point in time from the character traits and conversations that Bella has had with um, Edward and the conversations and she's had with Jacob and the character traits we've seen from Jacob at this point in time I prefer Jacob which yes yeah, very interesting yeah. as a as a side note of that um I had both a team Edward and a team Jacob poster because I wasn't either of them and I also used to find myself like whatever conversation was happening, I tend to be like, oh, I'll just either I would be like, I'm not team either of them. I hate them both. Um, or I would just side with the majority just to, to be easier. <laughs> I, I had a, a team Jasper T-shirt because I'm very cool. Um, my whole Twilight experience reading it was being obsessed with Jasper and Alice. Uh, like as in two individuals not as a character like I wanted to date either Jasper or date Alice like the other <laughs> one was fine <laughs> or together like I would happily be in a relationship with all three like as a little threesome threesome triad I don't care threesome. <laughs> <laughs> um and that only got like when the films came out that just emphasized everything so much more when I was watching it and I was just like wow now I can see them in real life too. And they're hot. <laughs> yeah. And they're hot on the inside. And I can't remember, the thing, this is the thing, it comes back to the same, we've had the same conversations about Harry Potter, um, like me and Emily have, is when you read so many fan fictions on something, you forget what's canon. So I have like this image in my head of Alice and Jasper being these very well-developed characters that have a lot more to them than other characters within the books. I don't know if that's actually true and I don't no. know if it's just because I've read so much about them outside of it that once we get introduced to their characters properly they're going to be these flat two-dimensional characters and I'm going to realize all my love for them comes from everything from outside of the books mm. yeah once they get introduced it's just going to be like they uh, they exist <laughs> done no that they exist to be convenient plot points for Bella yes no, that's a really interesting uh, points there, Chloe. Um, and I think a large part of the reason that you've just talked about, like, you know, everything outside of the books, everything you kind of think about, about the franchise or, you know, the conversations you have with your friends, like, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm team 
Jacob, I'm team Edward. I, I don't know if you guys went through a period of being team Bella. That became quite yes. a big thing for me and my friends. Like, particularly as the books wore on and the films came out and we were like, this is problematic from, you know, both of the relationships she has with these guys. I just want her to have some agency because she never does. And even here, you know, she's getting information. She's using her, you know, feminine wiles to flirt information out of a friend who's, who's someone who becomes a very close friend to her that she then uses throughout the entire series um, because she wants to go on and become a vampire and he doesn't want her to. But I'm not going to be controlled by him. But then also you've got Edward the other side being like, no, nope, I don't want you to become a vampire. That's not what I want. You know, she she's stuck between the opinions of these two guys she's not really allowed her own agency until the point of being on her deathbed with a baby having been ripped out of her like that is when she gets to make her choices come true it just yeah and it's actually, so, so awful when you talk about it like that, but it's true in saying that she still gets to make her choices even in as far as i remember even in that moment the only reason why something happens like she might have i'm pretty sure Bala was kind of happy because they said she might die and she was like that's fine just get the baby out and save the baby and even in that moment Edward cannot respect her own decisions where like I said if I'm remembering it correctly she is fine if she dies if the baby is okay and he's like nope gonna bring you back to life <laughs> also I think yeah, I she would doesn't have... actually make her own decisions yeah also I think yeah, that's true even at that point that's something that she's wanted for books now her agency is still ignored because it's his decision to do it, it's the right time to do it now because but it's all okay because they're married there's also, interesting, interesting conversation around consent sorry fam. she no no it's fine uh she needed rosalie as protection of her decision mm. they probably would have not respected her probably they would have just you know when she was asleep they would have just you know put her into i don't know just get the baby out while she was asleep i don't know like i i think yeah not even, yeah, technically not even then they fully respected it because mm. she needed Rosalie for protection. Yeah, that's yeah, a really whole... interesting relationship between those characters later on as well. Yeah. I think Rosalie gets a lot of unnecessary hate. Yeah. From, from fans. She went through a lot. She had some real horrible experiences. So when people are like, oh, she's so horrible, but can you blame her? She's yeah. obviously got a defence. Like, she's had a really hard life. Leave no yeah you can you can understand justice for rosalie <laughs> you can understand where she comes from but that's i feel a lot of those like lack of sympathy for some of the characters just because there is not a lot of background or not enough background like obviously in book three i think we get her backstory but that's literally that one chapter is like the only more or less backstory that we got from her um and by that point you've got your opinion of her exactly also, what happened to her was actually really awful. <laughs> and I'm surprised it's in the books. <laughs> well, it's, it's if I can kind of remember, you know, she's really beautiful and she kind of deserves it. That's kind of the way I always remember reading it. Like, like I, I read it as being, she got her own back. You know, she was kind of out late. She was engaged and she kind of deserved it. It was the way that I, I sort of read that, which, you know, she wasn't good enough at protecting her own... Um, her own virtue almost sorry just to clarify i'm not i'm not saying she deserved it i'm ready i'm saying that i read it like it was written to say that she deserved it just to clarify that point yeah as in from the author's perspective whereas bella who's really good at you know 
sorry, what am I saying? So Bella, who is, you know, remaining a virgin till marriage and being really, you know, not being a vampire and all that crap. It's just, it, it felt like all, further author projection of this is what's going to happen if you're beautiful. I That's but a I really good point. Yeah. I could be misremembering the, the plot exactly, but it, you know, I, I remember thinking, oh, this is some... Uh, Religious shit. Bullshit. It's... Yeah, isn't she out? She's out late at night. Yeah. On her own. Nothing like a bit of uh, victim blaming <laughs> at all. But yeah, we'll, we'll, once we get onto there, we'll... Uh, There'll be a whole discussion, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you can probably come for that back, back for that too. Oh, yes, stumbled over my words. <laughs> um, so, is there anything else? Um, just the the actual chapter itself is written really beautifully. Like the the way it describes um, the, the locations and the beach and the colours used in descriptions, I think, is really like, nicely written. Um, it's quite a contrast to the description of Fawkes, isn't it? Because Fawkes is like rainy and miserable and grey and then um, La Perche. Mm. <laughs> La Perche. <laughs> Just gets described as very beautifully. So like everywhere else is great, but Fawkes is shit. Yeah. I think that also comes down to the fact, I don't know if it, because again, I don't know at what point the story of them being shapeshifters and stuff was in place if it was while she was writing this sorry if it was while she was writing this if it was after the fact but it's almost like because they're by the reservation it's where this like magic comes from because they are shapeshifters it's like it's like a form of, of magic and if that has um it's like an, has an environmental impact like the magic of of the, the shapeshifters and the stories of the tribe has this like it's created this whole other area that's just outside of not like you know what's perceived as normal life where there's not much going on there's vampires but the vampires are like moving around all over the place whereas they are that's their land that's where they're from and that's like that's the beauty in it like of having their tribe as if they it's their land and it's it's just really beautiful no, they've got that that strong connection with the land you know they are you know part of first peoples or um uh, native americans um you know they've they've got that that relationship with the land and their history and their tribal stories that have been passed down which is a very big contrast to as you say um vampires who are stuck in time they're sort of frozen and untouchable and intentionally hiding away from the outside world whereas here you're surrounded by lush nature and um, yeah the descriptions were beautiful mm. like, I can never fault her um, descriptions of places of people 100% but of places she can, she can set a scene really beautifully mm. yeah um, so that's about everything I think for this episode so thank you Emily for joining us this week thank you both so much for letting me come on and chat about things Sure, definitely. And we can't wait to have you back for, for another one. Yes. That'll be great. I'm going to go and read some fan fiction now, I think. <laughs> do it. Always do it. It's always the answer to everything. Um, so also we'd just like to uh, mention that we have a Patreon page. You can check it out if you want to. We'll probably mention it again at some other point because it's still pretty early days, but 
why not mention it now? It's a place to go get some extra stuff from us if you want to. <laughs> don't blame me if you don't. You're just idiots. Make a stupid podcast. Just <laughs> gonna fill it with toilet memes. <laughs> like, if you want to see us wearing cosplays and reenacting scenes? Go to our Patreon. <laughs> Well, do it there. <laughs> and <clears throat> first, I'd say a special thank you to Basil for our cover artwork. You can find him on Instagram at FopDoodles. You can find us on Instagram at BreakingDown underscore podcast or email us at BreakingDown.podcast at gmail.com. Winter music is by Kevin McLeod and our outro music is by Silent Side. And remember, guys, it's not the end, it's the beginning. Hang on one second. The other half is coming. Okay. Hey, baby, I'm recording. It's okay, he's got clothes on. It's fine. <laughs>